This, 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 this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 813. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend coming up. We've got some Friday night action. We've got some Saturday night action. Uh, and we've got it on British and uh, Irish and American soil. That's what we're going to be getting stuck into. Before we do so, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. That's where all the audio feeds are. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like and share, tell all your mates about us because we are in vision and you can get stuck into us on YouTube. You are looking for Fight Disciples. What are you doing there, banging around in your room? I was just lighting a little candle. Any reason? Yeah, the room stinks. Of? <clears throat> Rather not say. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> That's a private yeah, joke yeah. between me and him. And if he actually yeah. reveals what's... Uh... <laughs> Fucking police are coming through the windows. <laughs> that makes it sound even worse now. Yeah, I, know oh it does. I know it does. I know it does. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, you may notice I'm actually wearing a coat. Now, I wanted to bring this up. We're at that time, we're at that time of the year where obviously... Kids and misses uh... at work and school and you're not allowed to put the heat on. No, 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 no. This is my own personal choice, mate. Because I am Ebenezer Scrooge, mate. I know, yeah. That's true. Um, do you... I, I have a rule in my house that you can only put the, the heating on at a certain time. Yeah, but it is December in like 48 hours or whatever. I don't so care. So this is the time. I don't care. Frost. There's frost on the windows. You're scraping the window of your car if you've got, you know... Right then. If... And this goes to my kids as well. If you're going to put the eating on at seven o'clock in the morning because you're a little bit nippy, one, get dressed, first and foremost. And two, give us your pocket money, mate. It's not cheap, is it? It's not cheap out there. Charging your own kids hey, to put the heating on. Sunak's pulling all our pants down, mate. Everybody's getting done in this country. There's not a cat in else chance that I'm putting that eating on after. Well, I put it, to be fair, I put it on at half past two. Get out on school run. So then, see, I'm kind to others, kind to others, for me, so my kids can come home from school and, and have a heated house. But now, nah, man, I'll sit here with my coat on. No chance this, that them buggers are getting this, my cash. See this see this fella here, yeah? This fella here boils the kettle in the morning to make a coffee. and doesn't just have one. He makes a flask to last him the rest of the day so he hasn't got to boil the kettle again. That's how tight this fella is. Well, not to give... And again, I don't want to incriminate myself any further than I already have in this conversation. But do you remember what happened to my bills last winter? Yeah. Yeah? It's happened again. No! I swear to God. I swear to God. Honestly, it's happening again. So... You're plugged into someone else's house, man. The lamppost outside <laughs> crackles away, and I've got the eating on full blast today. Honestly... Come round to us like Tonomolinos. I can't get the. Uh, I won't be able to get a real sunshine indoors. Got Honestly. sunshine. Sunshine indoors. <laughs> Red off. It's glowing. You go do it. You to... go do a heat map on Nick's on Nick's Street, and it's just fucking glowing. Yeah. It's like, honestly, if the police helicopter came over the top, you'd think I had a grow going in the loft. That's how hot our house is. But uh, I can say that because I haven't. Honestly. <laughs> so the the. Um, but I can't get a real Christmas tree. A real Christmas tree wouldn't last 48 hours. It'd just poof, melt. It would honestly melt. It's fantastic. I put a jumper on to come out to the, the pot and shed studio. When I go back in the house, I'll strip back down to my undies. That's how hot it is. Fantastic. I'm jealous. I'm fantastic. Jealous 
Meanwhile, Make yourself a couple of days in ours. A couple of days holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Going to mix to get warm. <laughs> uh, listen, hopefully there's a few fight disciples listening and watching the show that are in exactly the same position as me. You know, tight little bastards. Don't yeah. put your eating on early doors in the morning, mate. Make them graft for it. Make them graft for the, I know for there's the a few comforts. I know there's a few out there that are tight because they haven't bought any merch. Fightdisciplestore.com. What have you still got in there? What have you got in there? People keep asking about socks. Have you still got socks? Loads of socks. Best socks you'll ever wear. Not that's a fact. That's a fact. Mate, um, you so do golf. <laughs> every single time you're just trying to rubber stamp something. You can't just say that's a fact. No, Why? that's a nick fact. It's Mate, not an it's not if, a nobody the, has come along if the government and done a survey and, and done. These socks are the best socks in the world. No, you put them on. They're your socks. You're trying to flog them. And now no you're making is... a marketing line saying, that's a fact. Yeah, but this is like when uh, when you see toothpaste being sold and it says nine out of 10 dentists recommend our toothpaste. That's because you've only polled 10 dentists and you've probably paid nine of them. Likewise, when the government said, whoa, 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 Chris Whitty's on the telly going, listen, man, you've got to have the COVID jab. I'm telling you now, the facts are there. The facts are there because you've twisted them, Chris, to say whatever you want to say. I'll tell you now, this is the best mouse bat money can buy. <laughs> this is the best phone cover money can buy. That's the best golf uh, golf towel money can buy. Mm. And the best mugs money can buy. And more than anything else, yes, Fight Disciples socks are literally the best socks you'll ever wear. That's a fact. That is a fact. So, yeah, get on there, kids. If you, if you order now, I guarantee there will be delivery before Christmas. There you go. FightDisciplesStore.com. Like no Black Friday out. sales here because we bring it to you at the best price possible anyway. Plus, I don't know. We don't how mark to it up to mark it down. Money off. That's right. Correct the right. Correct the mundo. Um, I'd like to point out that I can't reach for any merchandise because he's never fucking given me any. That's right. If you're watching that on YouTube, you saw him actually highlight all the lovely bits of merchandise that he's got. I ain't got any of them. In fact, that's a lie. I'm actually wearing a pair of the of the Fight Disciple socks. Are they the best socks you've ever worn? Um, I'm not too keen on the white ones. I'm going to be honest. Black ones, they're the best socks that I've ever worn. Oh, what's wrong with the white ones? Is it just colour? Yeah, I think it is just a colour thing. You know what I mean? Right, okay. It stems back to like tra you're, you're childhood white trauma. Yeah, do you know like when you're a kid and you wore white socks for school and you've got black shoes, black trousers? You look a no. bit Michael Jackson, don't you? Looks a bit wrong. No, my mum never put me in white socks with my shoes and trousers. It was always black socks. White socks with your trainers. Yes, that's fact. There you go. Even now, even now, as a grown man, no yeah. one should be wearing white socks with, with trousers shoes. and shoes. With shoes. Or, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> no one should be going out with white socks on with their going out gear, should they? There's something seriously wrong there, let's be honest. <laughs> Do you know where there's not something seriously wrong, now? In a boxing ring, once again this weekend. Gear change. <laughs> See that? <laughs> Slipstream. Because I'll tell you now, I'm into Friday nights, bit of next gen off Uncle Frank. Saturday nights, the zone showing in, in in Ireland. And look, I have to say that, otherwise, people will be like, oh my God, he's still terrified of Frank. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm interested in Friday night. One guy on there is a complete enigma. Uh, and there's a young lad on there that I'm super excited about from a great gym. Saturday nights, Ireland card. Never mind the main event, the cards are belter. And then, of course, we got a little bit of Ryan Garcia later on the evening as well. Once again, Boxing is doing really well, and we return to Ireland for another back-to-back -back cracking card. 
love being positive about boxing. It's brilliant. It's weird, isn't it? Doesn't it feel it's weird? Brilliant. It does feel real, but it feels nice as well. It's like a warm glow. It's like this radiator I've got next to me. It's giving me a warm glow. Wish I had. <laughs> uh, Friday night, Channel 5, Nathan Gorman's taking on Bojadan Mironets. Uh, first time that Nathan uh, Gorman's been back in the ring since losing to Fabio Woodley. I have a little bit of a flick down the card. Yes, there's a European title on there. But it, it, listen, it is what it is. It's it's a little bit of free-to-air boxing on a Friday night. If you've got your cable subscriptions, your attention should be uh, on Gavin Gwynn versus Emiliano Marcelli, which is... Is Nathan uh, Gorman on this card? No, he's got his own card. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm just thinking. Where the fuck's Nathan Gorman? Oh, right, good. yeah. Are you with me? You, I'm, just, that's I'm, I'm just, with you now. I've just highlighted Sorry. it there. That's your channel five. Go and watch your channel five for a bit of nothing. Go, I mean, if, you, if you don't have any of the, the cable subscriptions, but if you do have the cable subscriptions, I would thoroughly advise you to go to TNT Sports 2 on a Friday evening uh, because Gavin Quinn and Emiliano Marcelli for the vacant European title. Of course, vacant European title. That obviously, you know, pricks your ears up and you think to yourself, oh, this will be a good one. But the Italian that's involved in this fight it's one of the most interesting characters in the whole of boxing. Undefeated through 43 fights, 42 wins, only one draw on there. Never been defeated in his entire life. I think he's won the European title 46 times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how he's managed to do that, but he's, he fights for vacant titles, it seems, every single week. He wins it, gives it up, wins it back, gives it up, wins it, gives it Never fights outside of Italy bar once. Um, and... The level of opponent, let's just say, that he does actually tangle with on a regular basis is uh, is somewhat questionable. Never fought for a world title, if I'm not mistaken, Nicholas. It's batshit crazy, this fella's career, and how mm. we've got to this point through 43 fights, undefeated, a shitload of EBU wins, which would give him a high WBC ranking, and he's never actually challenged for the top prizes. But here we go. He's, uh, he's back in England. Uh, against uh, Gavin Quinn. It is absolutely mental, his record. As you say, 43 fights. Only once as he ventured outside of Italy. He won this European lightweight title for the first time a decade ago. 10 years How old is it? months ago. How old is he? He's 47. <laughs> He's 47 <laughs> years hey, of age. He might be my it's new favourite dude in boxing. Mad. Honestly, <laughs> what is he up to, this fella? He won the European title a decade ago, made a couple of defences, then gave it up. He won a WBC eliminator. He won a WBA eliminator, a couple of these intercontinental bollocks belts. Then for the hell of it, wins the European title like back again. I'm like, who's managing him? Like what? It's just insane how he's never built himself up to a position where he's in a, you know, to get a ranking or whatever else. It's not like he's inactive either. You know, it's not like he's had five years out of the sport or anything. He has he only fights once or twice a year, obviously, but it's just insane, his record. And it's all been built on Italian soil, except one night. Now, the one night he ventured outside of Italy, I was there. I was ringside. I was Big fan, aren't you? Big literally fan. sitting on the canvas the night he came to Liverpool and fought Derry Matthews for a, a lesser version of a world title. And at that point in time, you know, Derry was on <coughs> the comeback trail and all this kind of stuff, and he'd already achieved all mental stuff. But, you know, Derry was a, a real force, especially in Liverpool's, 
you know, Liverpool Olympia, kind of small hall scene, if you like, 1,800 people packed to the rafters. And it was that night, I remember it. And this Italian veteran had come on over, this, you know, this guy that had an undefeated record, but, you know, then he was no fancy. A veteran 10 years ago. Exactly. In 2012, he was a veteran. And yet he came to Liverpool. And to be fair, you know, he gave Denny a bit of a hiding. He cut him. He stopped him. Um, stopped him with a body shot in the sixth round, I think it was, or dropped him with a body shot in the sixth round. Fight was stopped in the seventh round. It was a statement. And I went away from it thinking, like, wow, I'll keep an eye on that kid, that Marcelli kid, because he's going to do something. And for the next decade, he just went back to Italy and carried on winning, carried on stopping people, obliterating. It, it's His record is insane. 42 wins and one draw. An Italian southpaw from Lazio as well. Like a big fight in City, obviously. And he's just never, ever had an opportunity for a world that's title. Got to, that's bizarre. got to be by design, mate. It's has to be by design. They've done, they must have done that on purpose. There's no way that you can go 43 fights undefeated, win a shitload of European titles, therefore receive some type of WBC <laughs> solid ranking. And not fight for a world title. The fact Win that eliminators. He came... He's won. <laughs> so it's by design. It's, it's a choice. <laughs> the fact that he's left Italy, though, to fight Danny Matthews, that he leaves Italy again at the age of 47 to fight Gavin Gwynn, means that he's... Is he willing... He's willing to travel. I just don't understand that. What stage in his That's career... His holiday. Christmas markets, isn't it? Christmas markets. Get yourself <laughs> over. Get yourself over. Get a free flight off Frank. <laughs> Have a scrap, and then you can get down Mad. to Winter Wonderland. Everybody loves a bit of Winter Wonderland, don't they? So that's it, what he's up to, mate. He's, he's he's kicking in this weekend. I think it's absolutely insane how this guy has got this record. Like it, it, it's just unbelievable. And anyway, he's coming over to face Gavin Gwynn. And yeah. Gavin Gwynn a little bit reminds me of Derry. He's big, he's tall, yeah. he's rangy. Um, but he can be get at. He can be, he's been stopped. <coughs> Honestly, don't bet against 47-year-old Emiliano no, Marcelli this weekend. Absolutely not. I think Gavin Insane. Gwynn's got his hands fully. Yeah, me I, too. I, don't, I don't think Gavin Gwynn, with all due respect to him, he's a, he's a tidy boxer, but I don't think he's got the equaliser to put Emiliano Marcelli off. No, and Marcelli can bang. I don't care if he is 47, he's a puncher. Well, the record would suggest that he doesn't necessarily knock every man and his dog out, you know what I mean? But he can, bo- like you just said there, the guy can box. Mate, I've seen him stop Derry, and Derry was tough. Derry was brave. Yeah, fair At enough. At that stage of Derry's career, he was on the comeback trail. And Marcelli stopped him like a brick wall, like Cho stopped him uh, before prior. Like, Marcelli can fight, mate, I'm telling mate, you, he's tough. Ma- I, like you say, it's just I, mad. If it, anyone it, it, gets it, gets near him this week, <laughs> ask that question: Why the fuck have you never fought for a world title? How yeah. the hell have you never got yourself into a mandated position after winning the fight you've won? You know, you can say, "Oh, Marcel, he's only been based in Italy. He only fights Italians." But, but he's beaten. It's not like everyone he beats is a is a, is a journeyman. No. Okay, there's a there's plenty of journeymen sprinkled in there, but there's also plenty of like undefeated fighters and and top contenders and European, legit European title fights. That's the bizarre thing about Emiliano Marcelli's <laughs> career. I love him. <laughs> like I said, I reckon he's off to Winter Wonderland that weekend, mate. And he just thought, oh, that, that ties in nice. Yeah, go on then. I'll go over. Gavin Gwynn's got his, his hands full this weekend. I would, um, I think if he, I think if he can beat Emiliano Marcelli, that's a big, big win. 
given the fact where Marcelli has been, even though he's 47. But it's a tough fight. Uh, Brad Strand and Joshua John also uh, on this card. That's a nice matchup as well. Sam Noakes is here, as is Moses Atuma. Uh, so you've got some names. It's one. Of, listen, it is what it is, what we said at the start of this. It's a Friday night, next-gen type vibe. Solid matchup in the main event. I think there's a solid matchup there with uh, Brad Strand and Joshua John. I think it's all in all, if you've bought a ticket, and what, it does 1,500 people in the in the your call? I think you're in for a decent night. Take a court. Yeah. Might be cold. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to see Bradley Strand. Obviously, Bradley Strand is quite often the forgotten man in that Everton Red Triangle setup, which has got your Nick Ball uh, and your Andrew Kane uh, and the McGrail brothers and everything else. Absolutely, Bradley Strand is is one of those guys. Sparring with those guys every single day. He's quality, quality boxer, multiple time ABA champion. Misses the opportunity he's been waiting for to get some kind of strap around his waist as well. So quite hasn't quite got the power of an Andrew Kane or a Nick Ball, mm-hmm. but is is very much a tidy, tidy boxer. Technically very solid indeed. Yeah. Um, so that's Friday, and it's decent. Definitely tune into that main event. Um, and then this is maybe this is me just living under a bit of a rock. I knew that this card was happening. I had Michael Conlon on the radio at the weekend and we were chatting about the, uh, this particular fight and various bits and bats. But then as you take a step back and look at the card properly, it's low-key very good, mate. Now, maybe that's just me, that it's low-key. Maybe everybody else has been high on it for ages and they've been going, whoa, this one in Belfast is an absolute banger. And if you've bought a ticket, I'm sure you're in for a good night. But you look at Michael Conlon versus Jordan Gill, good fight. Tanner McKenney against Lewis Crocker, again, another good fight. Kevin Ogiako against uh, Troy Williamson, another good one. Sean McComb against Sam Maxwell. And you've also got the young prospect coming through of Cameron Vuong, who everybody is uh, is talking about right now. This is a good, solid night of boxing. What's going on here? What's this? Three weeks on the spin. We are on this show going, hey, good card. Good matchmaking. What the hell? Thank you. Here we go. Exactly. Send us into Christmas with a little bit of a Christmas cheer. Beautiful we've stuff. been honestly, we've been we've been accused of being the biggest moaners in boxing for we a are. long time. Come on, not and, accused and... of. We are. We are. Let's <laughs> yeah. be straight. But you know what? Like we've spent a few weeks. We've spent back to back two or three weeks now. Patting Eddie on the back. Patting uh, Frank on the back. Patting PBC on the back. Well, to be fair, PBC and the infrequent cards usually are pretty good cards anyway. But you know, we've changed our tune and we're like, right, this is it. This is this is it. This is we're getting four or five good fights on this card. This is what it's all about. This we've been moaning about this for seven years. Mm. At some point, boxer needs to say, Thank you to the fight disciples <laughs> for making all that noise <laughs> and making us step up yeah, right. and do our job. <laughs> yeah, right. So to that, I'm gonna say, Frank, Eddie. Everybody that every boxing fan in the world, certainly in the UK, you're welcome. You're welcome. We moaned and they listened. And now look how good it is. But you're right. SSE Arena in Belfast. If you're an Irish boxing fan, the last two weeks, last weekend, this weekend, absolutely sensational stuff. This is this is what Mate, again, this is what the game's that, all about. Not even just that, but if you <laughs> if you think about it, obviously we follow MMA. Week after PFL That's are in true. Dublin. That's right, of course. Yeah, for the European final, Mate. which is a brilliant event as well. Mate, yeah, they're, they're having it off. Belfast yeah, and Dublin are having it off, mate, big time over the last three weeks. 
Correct. Absolutely. But you're right. I'm, I'm glad you've gone deep on this card because I completely agree with you. Sean McComb versus Sam Maxwell is a genuinely brilliant fight. I think a lot of people accept now and Sam himself will accept that. This is a little bit getting towards the last resort stage for Sam Maxwell. He's had a couple of defeats now. He's fallen short. He. This is a, almost a must-win situation for Sam Maxwell. Agyarko versus Williamson is brilliant. Can Williamson bounce back from the setback against Josh Kelly? Agiarko, he, had in, he had one in between, didn't he? He had a little six-rounder yes. early, early this year. But this is a proper fight. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. yeah this is right. a proper fight. Yeah. Agyarko's got all the talent in the world, but quite, sometimes doesn't quite get into fourth and fifth gear. If he doesn't produce the goods against Williamson, he'll fall short. This is absolutely a step-up opponent for him. Absolutely love it. Lewis Crocker's fucking game is a badger. Never in a dull fight. Undefeated. Been screaming for opportunities on TV cards like this. He gets the opportunity against the fucking main man. Yeah. I just want to stop for a second and just say, Tyrone McKenna is the fucking man. You know why? This fucker... He must refuse easy fights. Promoters must go, Tyrone, I've got you on here. I'm going to get you, you know, we'll get you this Latvian taxi driver. Nah, not interested. Not interested in the slightest. Go and get, get me, me a, a real fight. Get me a real opponent. Ideally, get me someone undefeated. Ideally, get me someone that's going to come over here thinking he's that Billy Big Balls so I can silence him. That must be Tyrone McKenna's, McKenna's narrative. I love the kid for it. Yes, he has got a couple of losses on his record because he takes real fights. Yeah. And I'll never knock him for that. And I love this fight for him. Don't get me wrong. I think Lewis Crocker will probably start as favourite on the judges uh, on the, on the, with the bookies. I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You said it! You said it! <laughs> the old fucking mask slipped for a second there. Pull that back up again. <laughs> I think Crocker starts as favourite. But uh, you know what? Tyron McKenna in Ireland. Yeah, Come man. on, kid. Come on. The Kel What's his name? The Celtic King or the Celtic Warrior ever or King of the Celts? Whatever. He's got some wicked Celt-Irish kind of connotation. But you can't remember. Nickname. That I can't remember. <laughs> but it's a mega. And uh, the Mighty Celt. The Mighty Celt, of course. So, yeah, that's going to be a little bit special as well. And that, my friend, isn't even the main event. No, it's not. Um just a quick one on Cameron Vuong. Um, loads of people are speaking about him. Uh, we've seen him a couple of times, obviously, on matchroom cards. Everybody's high. He's looking good. And this is good. This activity. Yeah, listen. He's going to win at the weekend. That's, that's he's fighting he's TBA. Do. So, so there you go. He's definitely right. going to win. But it's a case of that activity. Young lad coming through. Come on. Keep him going. Keep him going. Keep him going. Keep him on these type of cards. Let him sample some type of atmosphere. So if you're in Belfast at the weekend... Try and get in and watch this kid uh, because he's going to go on to uh, some very special things. And as uh, Nick's just highlighted there, three fights, McCoon, Maxwell, Agioko, Williamson and McKenna against Crocker. All really good Stop fights. So, mate, a solid... Oh, mate. People are going to accuse us now of becoming shills and change... Oh, oh, it's good! No, 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 no. This is not what happens in boxing, right? We can't just tell the truth. Because people think that there's a hidden agenda behind the truth. They always do. Yeah. Listen, when we slag stuff off, we slag it off because we genuinely believe that it deserves to be slagged off. When we praise stuff, we praise stuff because we genuinely believe that it deserves to be praised. But that won't be the narrative. Ah. Oh, think that promoter put it on him, didn't he? Look at him change yeah. the tune now. Yeah, exactly. Look at him change. No, mate. It's not that at all. I'm desperate for him to put a shit car together so I can get stuck into it again. <laughs> desperate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, 
main event, man. Yeah. We, we use we use the term crossroads fight a lot, don't we? And that's what this massively feels like for both yeah. of these guys. Obviously, we've yeah. not seen Jordan for just over a year since the defeat to Kiko. 14 months, yeah. Um, we haven't uh, seen Michael, obviously, since his defeat to Lopez. There's no, listen, there's no shame in that because that's a world title fight against the geezer that is absolutely a huge, huge threat in this in, in this division. But I genuinely thought that Michael had come up with the goods on that particular night, given that it was a home fight and that Are he has the... Yeah, given the fact that he's got the skills to be able to navigate and negate uh, what Lopez uh, brings to the table. And obviously, it didn't go his way that night, ended up getting stopped. The... Um, this just feels gigantic. From a Michael point of view, you're taking on a former European champion who has fallen short at the, the top level. So yeah. if Michael falls short here, then you kind of start to ask questions as to where he's currently at. And from a Jordan point of view, obviously coming back after 14 months, you're taking on a guy that, and this is no disrespect to Michael, who has to, to this point fallen short at the top, top level. If you fall short to him, then you're kind of resigned to look. And there's no, again, there's no shame in this, but you're looking at, I'm not going to get to world level. My level's European level. And both of these guys, knowing them as I do, speaking to them as I do, they want to be in the world level chat. That's where, that's where they want to be at. So this is huge for both fellas. It's such a massive fight. It's a great matchup. Um, I don't know where Jordan's at. I haven't spoken to him. For ages, it feels like, and obviously we've not seen him in the in the ring for forty months. I know there's been changes outside of the ring as well regarding training and all these types of things. So I don't know where he's at. Michael's made a big change too regarding his camp. He's now out in Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's moved away from Adam Booth. He's he's, he's changed that uh, that that up. Uh, so there's going to be a freshness to him. It's it makes massive, and of course. It's in front of the Belfast crowd. I think Jordan's really up against it this weekend against Michael. I really do, mate. I think I think um, their careers are so similar. Yeah, it's mad. So similar. Now I know Jordan Gill. You know, by comparison, when you look at you know the fact that Michael's eighteen and two, and Jordan is twenty-seven and two. You know, the 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 in-ring experience, or he's had more. Let's say he's had more pro fights, Jordan Gill. But then you counterbalance that with the fact that Michael Conlon was you know one of the greatest Irish amateur boxers. Uh, of all time, he was a world number one at one stage in his career. He won the world championships down at Bantamweight, I think it was. He won a bron- he won a medal at the uh, London 2012 Olympics. He famously got robbed of a decision at the Rio 2016 Olympics, and he went into that as the number one draw in the Olympic Games. That that's that's fucking no mean feat, you know what I mean? That's a sensational achievement by any amateur. So he's come into the program a little bit later than Jordan Gill. Um, but of course, Michael Conlon had far more fanfare and, and, and hit the ground running. He signed with top rank. He's fought many times at Madison Square Garden. He's fought in Las Vegas. He's been on these mega builds. And then it, they'd have quite worked with him with top rank. And he's come back and, and he's hooked up with Eddie. <clears throat> and Eddie's brought him these big opportunities, these world title fights. And he's fallen down. He's, he's fallen short on two occasions. Stopped on both those occasions as well. Similarly, similarly Jordan Gill in what you would kind of pitch towards as being final eliminators or a European title defence. You know, when he, he didn't quite get to the world title shot opportunity, 
but he got one step below it, and that's when he fell short. He got exposed one night in Nottingham uh, against all the odds against against some mad Mexican, and then of course he lost his world title, uh, his European title to Kiko Martinez. But Jordan Gill at least has got that European title belt on his mantelpiece, mm. something that Michael Conlon's never achieved anything like that. He's won a few interim belts and intercontinental belts, but at the end of the day. No one gives a fuck about them once you retire. They go in the bottom of a, bottom of a hold all and lashed in the loft. Jordan Gill's got a European title belt on his wall. Michael Collins got nothing like that. So at this point in time, if both careers ended, Jordan Gill has achieved more as a pro than Michael Conlon, who's failed twice as a world title contender. Michael's also 32 years of age now as well, but not just in, in boxing years. He's older than that because of that amateur credentials. You know, he's been in the sport best part of three decades and that's weighing heavy on him now and he's had these opportunities and he's had these big sellout moments will it come again you know very few fighters get a third world title fight if michael conlon comes through on saturday night i believe he probably will unlock a world title yeah. fight and it could be a great fight with say josh warrington for a vacant belt or or whatever it may be but i, I do think he unlocks that because he's michael conlon because he sells tickets if he was to lose here at 32 Coming back and reinventing himself again for what would be a third time is going to be incredibly difficult for him. It just—it would just feel like a massive hill. Now, Jordan Gill's a couple of years younger, but Jordan Gill has also shown signs that <clears throat> in defeat, he's questioning about where he's at. You know, he had this, this relationship with Dave Caldwell that went back a long time. And that's that's broken now. Dave Caldwell's judging by his social media. He's he's in America at the moment. I think uh, Ebony Bridges is fighting on the uh, the Regis Pro Grade Devin Haney card. Mm. So he's over there. And Jordan, but Jordan had split with him before then anyway. And I don't know whether I know Jordan's dad is a, a boxing coach, so maybe his dad's training him. I'd hear the rumor maybe De Ben Davidson might be involved because of the Lee Wood connection. Him and Lee Wood being close pals, there might be De Ben Davidson might turn up in Ireland. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Jordan. I haven't reached out to him. Maybe I will before I do Friday's preview. But you're right. This fight is absolutely gigantic for both of them. Mm. Because featherweight is so competitive domestic, domestically. I think this is this fight at super feather or super feather. It might be out of a bit it says here feather on my on my list, mate. I think it's feather. only only because only Boxrec have got it down as super feather. I think it will be feather. I think it, I think it, you know, both of these guys have established featherweight, so it wouldn't make sense to do it anywhere else, but still. I just think crossroads is the magic word to use here. For the loser, you know, for Jordan Gill, that would be his back-to-back -back defeats. For Michael Conlon, it would be his third defeat in five fights. It's all good and well losing world title fights. It's different losing against in a in a, in a non-title fight. It's all good and well losing your European title. It's different losing against a two-time failed world title contender. You go to the back of a queue, uh, and it's a queue that's got people like Nick Ball jostling the way through and you know, stuff like that. It's it's tough, man. It's a real tough night for whoever comes up short in Belfast on Saturday nights. But I, you know, I think Conlon will start as favourite because he's the hometown favourite. But absolutely, don't write off Jordan Gill. And if Jordan Gill can start the way um, Lopez started in Belfast, all those demons will be coming rushing back into Mick Conlon's head. I think it's brilliant matchmaking, mate. And this, is what, this is what boxing is supposed to look like, you know. You're supposed to put it all on the line. You're supposed to take Correct. big risks. Both of these guys could probably have navigated a system to get them into a position to be able to then fight for X, Y, and Z title once again. Yeah. But this is a fight That's that a properly Correct. determines 
anybody who wins this fight is in a legitimate conversation of challenging, like you've just said, a Josh Warrington or a Nick Ball's coming through now, or all these types yeah. of guys. When these titles, if there is vacant titles, if there's proper championship titles where you've got to go and fight a, a champion, the winner of this is absolutely at the front of the queue. There's no doubt in my mind about that. That's how big this fight is. That's how... Um, yeah, I would say evenly matched. Listen, I think Michael is the favourite. He's evenly matched. I think Michael's been in with better opposition. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, but he's lost to them. Yeah, that granted, granted. Um, I think it's a great fight. I think it's a really good fight. And if you've got a ticket the weekend, you're in for a treat because everybody knows that when Michael Conlon fights in Belfast, it's fucking noisy. <laughs> it is a noisy, noisy place. Neither of them are massive punchers. You know, I, I think no. the, the, the knockout rate is comparable. Both of them have lost twice, and both of them have been stopped on both those occasions. Now, obviously, you can look at George, both Jordan's defeats. He was he was he was defeated quite heavily. He was through Italian in the first fight and not to go in the second fight uh, when he lost the European title last time out. You know, he, he just got butchered by this incredible resurgence for the fifth time in his career, Kiko Martinez. Michael, of course, can point to the fact that okay, last time out against Lopez, no one. Maybe he underestimated Lopez. It was the you know the the writing was on the wall. This was supposed to be Michael Conlon's night, and Lo Louis Lopez turned up like a fucking monster and tore him apart. The fight before that, he was winning a world title until the final round. Yeah, he was about to become world champion. He was about to yeah. realize his dreams, and Lee Wood did Lee Wood things in the twelfth and final round to turn mm -hmm. that fight around. So <clears throat> it's. It's tough, man. It's again, Jordan's Jordan's probably been working with Lee Wood or the thought certainly considered consulted with Lee Wood. But what can Lee Wood tell him? Because Lee Wood got beat up by Michael O'Connell for large stages of that fight. So there's so many, there's so much going on here. Both of them changing camps, both of them bringing in new trainers. Can a new trainer really influence a 32 year old at this stage of his career that's been boxing 25 years plus? Can Jordan Gill really go to the next level without a cornerman in his? Corner that he that he fully trusted, and can his dad bring his next level out of him? Was it is it the move he's been waiting to move, or is it a move that makes financial sense? There's so many questions about this fight and both fighters and the setup behind the scenes before they even fucking step inside that ring. Honestly, it's like a big fat onion. This fight, there's so many layers to it. It's fascinating, and when that first bell goes, if Michael Conlon drops Jordan Gill in the first. Or if Jordan Gill drops Michael Connell in the first, I will not be surprised. I will be surprised if they're still not fighting around 10, 11, 12. I think it goes the distance. I think both of them bring whatever they've got left to the table. I honestly could be a fight of the year, this. I do not disagree. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fascinated with the matchmaking for Ryan Garcia uh, over, is it Houston that they're fighting? Is it Texas that they're doing this in? Sure is. Uh, Ryan Garcia against Duerte on the zone. First one uh, for Ryan, obviously, since uh, losing to Tank a little earlier on this year. We commended him. And I said at the time, listen, man, I am a Ryan Garcia fan for life. The way that he handled his business, the way that he brought us that fight, the way that he went out of his way to get that fight on for all those fight fans. Listen, every single one of us should be on the Ryan Garcia train. Um, and he's straight back into the mix here because Duerte can punch. Yeah, he's a fucking cracker. You know what I mean? He might be not necessarily as technically gifted as as Ryan Garcia, but the dude can crack. This is dangerous. 
Most people are just going to go on then. I'll have a little knockover, get a little bit of a confidence builder at the end of the year. And then we'll go into 2024. Not Ryan Garcia, mate. He's a, he's built different, this kid. I like yes. his, I like his attitude. I really do. And whether he wins, loses, falls short, gets to the top of the tree, I don't care. I'm on board because he has got the attitude that I want fighters to have. Let's yeah. go. Very similar to what you were talking about before with, with Tyron McKenna. Completely yeah. different level, I get it, and completely different stratosphere when it comes to fame. Yeah. But that's the attitude that I'm in on. Yeah, sound. Who do you... Oh, fuck. Right, he's done what? He's 20-odd knockouts in 20-odd fight. Right, yeah. Yeah, go on, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's in, man. And he's given us something. He's given us some proper jeopardy this weekend. I favour Ryan guys here. Don't get me wrong, but he's given us some proper jeopardy. And that's testament to who Ryan Garcia is. You're absolutely right. The fucking guy has never ever walked away from a fight and walked away from a test. And he realizes that to mix in this lightweight division or even up at super lightweight where there's big names, big opportunities, big fights. There's no point getting in there with some club level fighter. I'm beating them up and going, right, I'm back now. I'm back. You know, I put the, the the Tank Garcia defeat behind me. I'm back again. This is where I'm moving forward. Bring me another big fight because that won't set him up for a big fight. Duarte is a proper fighter. He's got proper wins on his record. He's got a really solid record. In fact, the only loss on his record was against Estrella. That's right, 2019 against Estrella. That was in, in uh, Idaho, Indiana, somewhere like that. I remember the fight. He went 10 rounds and he lost on a split decision, Duarte. And okay, it wasn't it wasn't his best performance, far from it. And it was a close fight, but he never lost. He won that fight. I don't care what the judges say. Two judges went with Estrella, one judge went with, with Duarte. And Duarte won it, I'm telling you now, he won that fight. So as far as I'm concerned, this kid's undefeated in 27 wins, one draw. I think the draw was very early in his career. So he's a proper dude. As you say, he's a puncher. He's, he's a guy that has been a little bit avoided up around this lightweight division because he's been, you know, in and around the top 20, the lightweight division for a long time. And no one's really called him out and said his name. And Ryan Garcia has picked him. I've got so much respect for Ryan Garcia. This is a proper fight against a proper opponent. And that's the way to do it. Now, when he, and I, I believe he will win, when Ryan Garcia comes through this fight, when he gets a win over Oscar Duarte, that's, is the statement to go, right, I'm back now, kids. I'm back at the top table. Let's have it. And the big opportunities will come because mm. he's Ryan Garcia and he's a is superstar. This, is he back at lightweight as well? I think this, this is, is at 135. Yeah, I think it's 135, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. messing because he, he was always talking about, oh, I'm going 140, then there's catch weights and there's this, that and the other. Back at 135, good. I like yeah. this. This is, a, this is a good piece of uh, matchmaking, good comeback, how it's supposed to look. Ryan Garcia, get on the train, man. Whether he wins, loses, or whatever, be a fan of that kid's attitude because he's doing it the right way. Correct. Um, now, here we go. Another fella, another fella that divides opinion, right? And rightfully so because he said some mad shit in his life that has pissed a lot of people off. Get that completely. But nobody can take he away. It. He says it to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. But nobody can take away work ethic, putting your nose to the grindstone, you know, going through the hard yards, doing the small hole vibe and, and earning your opportunity. And O'Hara Davis has absolutely done that. He's absolutely earned the opportunity that he's getting at the weekend. I think the WBA have fucked him a little bit by making sure that this is only an interim title rather than the full uh, championship belt. But in order to do it, he's going to have to beat the former champion in uh, Ismail Barroso, a man that obviously Anthony Crawler came through, didn't he, when he uh, became the... Uh, became the champion 
the WBA mm-hmm. champion. Um, this is a t- this is a tough one because we all saw the Ismael Barroso Roly Romero fight <laughs> where, the, where the referee went, yeah, where? he didn't hit him, yeah, it's over. Uh, Barroso got absolutely skanked uh, in that fight against Romero, uh, yeah, and our Ara Davis has uh, has looked really, really good recently. This is this is, it's a tough fight for both guys because both guys can crack. He's got that weird power as well, hasn't he? He's got those such long arms and it comes from fucking yeah. mad, crazy angles. He's most certainly improved since Josh Taylor made him quit. Um, I want. Do you know something? I want him to pull this off. I know I'm supposed to be impartial. I know I'm supposed to just sit here and go great fight and all that type of stuff. But no, man, he's had it, he's had it tough as O'Hara. He's brought a lot of it on himself. Don't get me wrong. He has. Yeah. Um, but I want him to pull this off. I'd love him to pull this off against Ismail Barroso. I think he's in for a tough one because yeah. Ismail Barroso is a real deal. But, you know, at this stage of his career, he just might have got him at the right time. This should be for the full world title. You're right. Barroso was absolutely robbed by some of the worst officiating I've seen this year uh, against Roly Ramiro. I'm disgusted that the WB. Well, it's the WBA. You know, the the out of the all the corrupt organisations who run the uh, the belts in this sport, the WBA are fucking right up there, kids. Make no mistake. <clears throat> the fact that Barroso, uh, that Ronnie Romero still walks around with that belt is absolutely disgusting. They should have ordered an immediate, immediate rematch. But hey ho, this is boxing, and brown envelope is king. Regarding this fight itself, yes, Barroso comes. Full of fire, known he won the last fight, motivated more than ever. This, this, you know, he should be the guy. And at 40 years of age, is anyone going to give him any other opportunities? Well, certainly not if he loses to O'Hara Davis. I like O'Hara. I think he's a controversial kid. I think he said some mental shit, mental shit that has, you know, resonated with my part of the world and everything else. I get it, man. I, I understand that why most people don't like him and, and beg for him to lose. But he understands boxing. He just doesn't understand society a little bit. So he un- he, he understands in boxing, you've got to say mental shit to be heard, closed mouths, don't get fed, all that stuff. But he doesn't have a, a line that you should or shouldn't cross. And maybe it's just words. Maybe you should be able to cross it. I don't know. But O'Hara gets a lot of flack, but I, not from me. It is what it is. I think he's come, he's come through. He's bounced back since the Josh Taylor hiding, since Jack Catterall took him apart. He's come back since then. He's beat people like Tyrone McKenna. He's, you know, last time out, I think it was, or the time before he, he beat and stopped Lewis Ritson. These mm-hmm. are good wins that have earned him this opportunity. So good luck to O'Hara Davis. I think this sport's about levels, though. I think Barroso, even at the age of 40, mm-hmm. is a level above O'Hara Davis and is a level above, with all due respect, those couple of Brits and Irish fighters and whoever else. Basically, people O'Hara Davis has been beating. So O'Hara Davis, for me, needs to produce the performance of his life. I think Barroso, motivated by getting robbed last time out, is going to be absolutely switched on. If the version of Barroso who beat up Roly Romero before the referee disgustingly robbed him of the fight, if that version beats up, turns up, I think O'Hara's in for a little bit of a, a little bit of a hiding. To be honest with you, I don't believe O'Hara Davis is world class. O'Hara, this is your this is your chance, bro. Prove to me that you are, because he'll have to he'll have to prove his world class against Barroso. I can just imagine him listening to the Fight Disciples on his bed now thinking, I'm going to fucking prove Nick Pete wrong here. Yeah, I'm going to... I hope so. Fucking hell. Crack Nathan the body, man. Yeah, Nathan Healy did it the other week. I didn't Listen, think he'd do it, but he did it. Fighting a 40-year-old <laughs> fighter. Crack that body. 
crack it as hard as you can. Um, it's tough, fingers crossed, you. Yeah, he is. He's not. He's uh, not your average forty-year-old, but also though, is he? Do you know what I mean? No. Fucking hell. Uh, Made from Spain and stuff. Yeah, but good fight. Again, that's a zone thing. So I'm looking down the list here and doesn't see... Danny Fulham's on that undercard as well. If you are tuning in, that'll probably be around... You know, it's it's the zone. Like It's a De La Hoya Golden Boys show from Texas. So it's probably going to start about one in the morning. Darius Fulham might be on at a reasonable hour because, you know, there's, there's Shane Mosley Jr. and people like that on this card. So... It's probably a, a while till you get to Ryan Garcia at half past four in the morning. So Darius Fulham might be on around midnight, 1 a.m. Definitely worth looking out for. He's 8-0 and o as a professional, super middleweight. He's got tons of power. Eight fights, eight wins, eight knockouts. Big star. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think you've got to go looking for streams or anything like that. Everything seems to Does be... Uh, will you let me finish, you? Right? I'm just saying last week you're searching around trying to find... Uh, the uh, Andrade fight, weren't we? That's what we were all trying to find. I'm just saying everything is the zone, the zone. You've got a bit of TNT Sports on Friday night and a bit of Channel 5 if you want to dip into that as well. So, yeah, everything looks like uh, above board uh, for you to be able to enjoy a, a nice weekend of boxing. Some good fights for the third week on the spin, kids. And next week, it's Hady against Progress. Fucking four on the spin. Four. That's right. Back to back to back to back. Mega. Mega stuff. Mega. Also, where. Uh, I'm in Bournemouth next weekend, actually. Chris Billum Smith against Masternak. So Ooh. there's another decent fight as well. Yeah, that's a good fight. Yeah, it's interesting. That'll be a good fight. You know, Masternak's game is anything. Yeah, this is his chance. This is I his like chance. big Chris. Anyway, there you go. Uh, getting ahead of ourselves. Good weekend of boxing uh, this weekend. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Uh, make sure you come back on Monday for a full review of everything. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every link under the sun is there. Uh, and we're also on YouTube, where we would like you to like, share, uh, our channel. Tell your friends all about it. Uh, become a part of the Fight Disciples community on YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you are looking for. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.